listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored that you are with us. At Christ Church, we believe God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. At Christ Church, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, and our faith as we journey together through the Bible, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the healing love of God bless you today. Thank you for joining us here. Gospel according to Mark. So then uh, Jesus and the disciples, they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about along the way? But they were silent for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. He sat down. He called the twelve. He said to them, You know, whoever uh, wants to be first must be last of all, servant of all. And then he took a little child and he put it among them. And taking this child in his arms, he said to them, and whoever welcomes a child, such, such a child in my name, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes, well, not, not me, but, but the one who sent me. Now, John said to him, teacher, <clears throat> you know, uh, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. And we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him. For no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. And whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you just a cup of water because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Holy God, as we gather for for worship to hear your word, welcome us to open our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear and be transformed by your good news. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Jesus and the disciples, they were on a journey. They're usually on a journey in the the Gospels. At this point in the journey in Mark, they had been together for some time. Um, They were visiting towns and villages. They had been visiting farms, 
coastlines. The disciples followed Jesus as he healed people, as he cast out demons, as he told stories, um, which were really teachings about grace, about living a, a life in a new way, the way that he lived. And their journey was nearing this point of departure where Jesus, he would go one way and the disciples were going to go another way. Jesus had told them that the way that he was going was to his death and to his resurrection. And the way the disciples would have to go would be to live out the rest of their lives in the way that he had taught them and to carry on his mission but without him. They were nearing the end of their time together. And they were nearing Jerusalem and the cross. And in these final days together, Jesus returns over and over to the major themes of his ministry. And so for the next few weeks, we are going to look at these themes in a series that we're calling Speaking of Heaven. As Jesus prepares the disciples not only for his death, but for their work of carrying forward his mission, he speaks often of what is to come, what's to come for him, what's to come for them, and what is to come for all of us. He, he, he teaches them about living within the kingdom of God. What Jesus most often talks about in Mark's gospel is not the place that we call heaven, Because he says there will come a time when the earth and heaven will pass away. So what we often think of as heaven, Jesus calls the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God reaches into our own time, our own lives today, where Jesus' words are still very much alive to us. And the kingdom of God stretches into eternity. Today we begin with what lies at the very heart of Jesus's mission and his desire for us to carry on, and that is what we just talked about, um, welcome. And the stories that we just heard over and over, Jesus speaks of welcome, of hospitality and generosity. A spirit of welcome permeates all that Jesus is about. For disciples to carry on his ministry, they must embrace Jesus' spirit of welcome. And here, nearing the end of their time together, they aren't doing such a good job. I'm sure they are under all kinds of stress. They are still confused about exactly what Jesus is up to and what this trip to Jerusalem is really all about, even though he's told them over and over again that it is the place where he will be killed is also the place that he will rise again. You can kind of understand how this would be hard to take in. So in their confusion, they are experiencing some stress. And maybe they aren't so good at saying goodbye. For some, it's easier to to leave a group of people that you were angry at than to experience the sadness of the loss or the fear of what is to come. Anger is really just sadness or fear in disguise anyway. But often people choose to be angry rather than deal with their sadness or their fear. 
Maybe some of the disciples are feeling sad about their time together with Jesus coming to an end. Maybe some are afraid of what lies ahead. Maybe some are getting angry. They were arguing a lot along the way. And when it came to Capernaum, Jesus asked them, well, what what were you arguing about this time? They were arguing about uh, was silly. They knew it was silly. When Jesus called them out, nobody wanted to say out loud what they had been arguing about. They were silent, for on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. In the backseat on a car trip uh, to see our extended family, my sister and I argued about which of us was our cool cousin's favorite. And we were five and seven. I was the favorite, by the way. But it was childish. It was childish. Jesus wanted to know, well, what were you arguing about? And they were silent. Then uh, maybe Peter thought he heard his mother calling and he was distracted. Thomas was suddenly very interested in the details on the wall behind Jesus. James and his brother John were elbowing each other. And the others just stared at their feet. So Jesus called an actual child over, took her in his arms and said, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not just me, but the one who sent me. And who sent Jesus? God. Whoever welcomes this child welcomes God. Here, in the stress and the fear and the sadness and the confusion and the arguing, Jesus takes the opportunity to speak to his beloved disciples about the importance of maintaining his spirit of welcome. When groups of people get afraid or sad, one of the first things to go is their spirit of welcome. Jack... um, friend of mine was was one of the most outgoing, he still is, he's one of the most outgoing, funny, friendliest guys that I've ever met. People are just drawn to Jack, and that's how Jack likes it. He doesn't know a stranger. He radiates this spirit of welcome. But Jack is also very, very competitive. Not so much with other people, but with himself. He's very competitive with himself. When Jack ran a race and he fell behind the goal that he set for himself, he can get very upset. I watched this happen, and and some folks who had come to love Jack because of this great spirit of welcome, they came over to him, they came to, to cheer him up, but to their shock, Jack lashed out at them. Once, after he had uh, given all, just given his all in this event, Jack uh, went off to the side of the group, and he was doubled over in exhaustion. He was so tired, he had just poured himself out. A teammate came over to check on him, put his hand on Jack's back, and Jack said, Don't touch me! It was very surprising. But he quickly recovered. He, he, he gathered himself, he, he apologized. Jack always apologizes. 
always apologizes. It's not that he's angry at others, but he doesn't have a good way to deal with his exhaustion and the disappointment at himself. And so the first thing to go is Jack's beautiful spirit of welcome and joy. Jesus knew the stress the disciples were facing was going to be nothing compared to the challenges that lay ahead of them. But keeping that spirit of welcome through all of the difficulties and the darkness is one of the unique gifts that Jesus and his followers have to offer the world. We can come to Jesus at our worst, knowing that he will always welcome us. We know that we can count on his unconditional loving embrace when we need him most. Soon in this gospel, Jesus would no longer be with the disciples to do for them what they still cannot do for themselves. And the stakes are high because what if someone came to them in need of love and they were too busy arguing with each other about who was the greatest to recognize the one that God had sent them. Do you think that person would ever dare to turn to a follower of Jesus again if that opportunity to extend love and grace were missed because they were too busy, consumed with their own fear and anger? It's a similar scene when the disciples see a man who is not of their tribe doing the work of Jesus, casting out a, a demon from some tormented soul. They are so detached at this moment from the core of everything that they've learned from Jesus that rather than celebrating the power of Jesus working in someone else, they rush to put a stop to it. Someone was helping a suffering person in the name of Jesus, and all they could see is that he wasn't one of them, not following us. And you notice their concern wasn't that he wasn't following Jesus. He says, he wasn't following us. Jesus says to them and to all of his followers across the centuries, do not stop him. Why would you stop him? Disciples, they could have welcomed the goodness of this healer and encouraged him to carry on this ministry of bringing relief to the suffering, but they don't have Jesus' spirit of welcome. It takes a child in their midst to shake the disciples, to bring them to their senses. Jesus, like a, a loving mother or, or father, takes a vulnerable child in his arms. And I imagine that, that she is giggling as he lifts her. Eyes bright, there isn't an ounce of fear in her because of this man who radiates this spirit of welcome. She knows that she is in the safest, most loving place in the whole world. And Jesus needs his followers to know that there is nearly nothing that he takes as seriously as his church providing that same experience for every person in the world feel like that child felt in Jesus' arms? How is the church in the 21st century doing making people feel that way?
I think we have some room for improvement. I'd say there is precious little the world needs more right now than to be like Jesus is in this story, to take the course correction that Jesus provides his disciples. There is nothing that the nation is in need of more than to be shaken out of our fear and our sadness, which is changing the character of our nation into something bitter and divided and mean and resentful. But Jesus knew that he had taught his disciples better. And I believe that if we look to Jesus today, we too will see that he is trying to shake us to our senses, to bring us back to that spirit of welcome to which he calls us all. And likely, as he did many times in the past, he draws our attention to children to show us the way. This weekend, I was on uh, the military base in New Jersey, where I'm a chaplain with the Marines. There are currently living on that base 9,000 Afghan refugees in tents all around this base. Men and women spend the day in long lines waiting for food, waiting to be processed, waiting to find out about a loved one that's still in Afghanistan. Where are they in the process? Is there any news? Are they still alive? Waiting for information, waiting for whatever comes next. A huge military tent is set up in the parking lot of the army chapel, and it is serving as a makeshift mosque. I watched Friday afternoon as hundreds gathered for prayer this beautiful afternoon after having survived literal war and a daring escape. All around, U.S. military members and non-governmental organizations provide aid and security. They organize this huge mission. Frazzled UN workers in blue vests rush around trying to make sure everyone has what they need. I talked to one UN worker who when I asked him, how is it going? He just let out this long sigh before he could really say somebody pulled him away to some more work. What struck me though is how understanding everyone seemed and relieved to be there. And running around this whole tent village were so, so many children, beautiful children. Fathers carried daughters on their shoulders, big sisters pushed little siblings in strollers, mothers ushered kids around the halls, little boys and girls ran up and down the streets around the buildings and tents. And while I was talking to a sailor, a little boy ran up, he grabbed my hand and he began to swing from my hand. He had this huge smile, these beaming eyes. He told me his name was Muhammad. And then he caught sight of, of a friend and he ran off laughing among the lines and the sighing and the prayers. And I thought of his words. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. 
Beloved, the spirit of welcome is not only for the good of those who come to us expecting or hoping or even fearing a bit our welcome. Heaven is found in our ability to hold on to our welcoming spirit even in the midst of our own fears or sadness or chaos. For when we maintain Jesus' spirit of welcome, we just may find God himself running up to us and taking hold of our hands and beaming with joy wrapped in this momentary embrace of safety and love and our own lives are miraculously touched by the light of the kingdom of God. And God welcomes us back to our senses. God showed up to me as little Muhammad and reminded me of the hope for us all to experience such joy and to share in such love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are glad you joined us today for the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We welcome you to visit us in person if you find yourself in the Harrisburg area. Visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org to find out more about our church and the free medical clinics we offer here. That's ChristHarrisburg.org. The music at the top in which you hear now is by Shane Ivers. May God be with you until we meet again. Mm-hmm.